team, you are back with me, Ed Stott, on That's Helpful. And today, we are finally going to nail your skincare routine. With so many different products, ingredients, and flashy marketing campaigns, it can be so hard to figure out what you should be doing when it comes to your skin. Fear not, though. I've called in the big guns for this one. Hannah English is a pharmaceutical scientist and author of Your Best Skin, The Science of Skincare. Hannah, I am so thrilled to have you here another thing to know about you is that you like your skin is flawless but but you have struggled in the past right so you've had your own skincare journey that you've been on oh yeah I had acne as a teen I think like 90% of people that are obsessed with skincare have been through it with their skin I am certainly one of those people and now I have rosacea which is just kind of a genetic oh. thing um but it means like flushing redness so uh you know we have good days and bad days yeah I hear you on the acne struggle though damn that's a hard uh road to I actually ended I had really bad acne when I was a kid like I mean I'm saying kid but like up until I was like 27 and then Literally. I just cracked the shits with it and went on Rakutane and that was amazing I, I that has Perfect. like completely yeah so good right completely changed my skin so if we have our own uh skincare routine and like you if you're anything like me you're thrown together a bunch of things and thought do you know what I think that's what they're saying is right but I don't really know so if we want to yeah. really nail our skincare routine what are the factors foundations what what should we be really focusing on getting right there are three things that I feel everyone should get right it's not hard I promise it is a cleanser that if you wear makeup or sunscreen gets it all off and doesn't leave your skin feeling tight uh, a sunscreen. So I know I said if you wear sunscreen but you're wearing sunscreen now yeah every day okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so a sunscreen that you feel comfortable wearing and putting a lot on. Yeah. And then a moisturizer for nighttime. And you can use that daytime under your sunscreen if you need as well. But that's it. Cleanser, sunscreen, moisturizer, and everything else is just if you've got a concern to target or something like that. But these are the basics and this is what you need to get right first. Amazing. So that makes it super simple. I want to get into mm -hmm. the... Um, the sunscreen in a little second because I know that can be kind of complex and we can't yeah we can get that wrong and um, but like to just start off working through this routine what should mm. we be looking for in a cleanser when we're kind of going out trying to figure out what's right for us it has to clean as well as possible but be as gentle as possible okay cleansing is a bit of a challenging step for your skin because the upper layers it's like your barrier it can get disorganized by cleansing. Right. So it is, yeah, something that you need to be gentle with. No scrubbing, no no um, granular scrubs either, please. <laughs> and uh, just gently getting it off. So some cleansers will get makeup off and cleanse properly and some uh, not so much. Yeah, right. Because that, that scrubbing can be such a temptation, especially if you've got the acne. And you, like I have, I honestly, make it worse. this sounds absolutely wild, but I used to rub my face with a pan pal when I had that bad acne. Like I would like try and exfoliate it off and it just oh. makes it so much worse, right? 
one week I did a, a Instagram story questions and I asked people like what was the most like unhinged weird thing you did to your skin like skincare mistakes you've made and the community around it like the amount of you know toothpaste on pimples yeah. baking soda scrubs um but there were some quite odd ones in there too yeah it's the trenches seriously I'm so glad I'm not alone in that because looking back I did some pretty wild stuff but you just get so desperate with it especially if you do have one of those skincare concerns and you and you feel like it's bad and everyone's going oh it's not that bad and you're like it's really bothering me you know I totally understand how people get stuck there so it's all about being as gentle as possible and one of the things that we're talking about uh, at the moment, or we see pop up a lot, is about the skin microbiome. Is that oh, yes. one of the things that we want to try and protect, like with uh, the foundations of our skincare routine? Uh, yeah, it usually takes care of itself, but if it's out of whack, that's when you start to see problems. Oh, that's when you start to see problems come up. So uh, dermatitis, little bumps around the mouth and it can be a bit rashy or um, with acne, it means the bad bacteria have kind of overtaken the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. So if you kill the bacteria, then you're pretty much set. We are seeing some really new products come through that can help with the microbiome. But in general, if you treat the skin concern, it will sort itself out. Interesting. Okay. So don't get hung up on that. That's really good to know. And so if we've, if we've nailed the cleanser and we're trying to go for something that's as gentle as possible, do you have any that you really like or that you find generally work for a lot of people? Yes. I think most of the CeraVe ones are great. They're affordable. Yeah. Uh, also, Bioderma and QV make a really nice one. They've just reformulated their face formula and it's kind of a milk and it foams a little bit. Mm. So if your skin is really delicate, that's perfection. If it's not super delicate or you like a nice foam, the CeraVe foaming one is really nice. I love that in the summer when I get a bit oilier. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And also, um, when we're applying that, you know, some people like to use like a um, face cloth or like those microfiber cloths. Would you recommend using anything like that? Only if it's really, really soft. So I like those, you know, that fluffy microfiber that's like yeah. very flammable. It almost feels like a blanket, <laughs> like yeah. one of those um, Kmart blankets that will definitely catch on fire. Yeah. yeah. Really soft, fluffy microfiber, great, because that has a bit of static to it and it will actually help to pull out like dirt, oil and things as you cleanse as well as remove your cleanser and whatever like else was left on your skin. Air pollution, that's a whole thing. Yeah. I just search on Amazon like makeup remover. I think it's called makeup eraser. Yeah. And you can get a five pack and they come in all colors. So get two five packs and use a fresh one every day amazing that's a great tip I did not know if they actually worked or not but that's really good to know and so then a moisturizer once we've cleansed our skin and it's um you know in the most gentle way possible what do we need to look for when it comes to a moisturizer uh if you're just getting started something that you like using so if you don't like something that feels heavy or very well people complain that things can be greasy or sticky I think we have a lot of good ones Mm. now but yeah if you don't like the texture of it or you don't like the scent of it you're not going to use it so um the 
the um the experience is a big part of it yeah uh I like them to be unscented but unless your skin is super sensitive that's not really an issue you can use your delicious scented moisturizers that make you feel like a a prince or princess if you want uh yeah just one that doesn't feel too heavy but leaves your skin feeling a bit bouncier and more supple so it gets rid of that tight feeling yeah yeah nice and so I've read um you know that there's there's loads of different ingredients right so they say oh this one's with ceramides or this one's with um you know antioxidants or this one's got these kind of ingredients on is there anything that we actually should bother about looking for in terms of ingredients in a moisturizer that's actually going to let us know that it it does actually moisturize well right yes uh okay in moisturizers there's three types of ingredients there's humectants and these kind of are magnets for water yeah and your body needs water for all of its processes your skin is the same it doesn't really get water from you drinking water that is a common myth so you kind of have to help it to retain its water unless you're a child with perfect skin (laughs) (laughs) um so humectants Glycerin and hyaluronic acid are good ones that exist already in your skin. So it knows what to do with them. Good to go. Um, The next category would be emollients and these make your skin feel a bit softer and they're kind of what sits between your skin cells anyway to keep them like sort of a robust wall because your skin's job is to keep things out. Yeah. Really? So we're just topping up the emollients in the wall to keep everything out and to keep the water in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ceramides are an example of that, but also right. some lightweight plant oils or you might see fatty alcohols. This is getting a bit technical. Mm. Uh Yeah, and then the last one is occlusives that you don't see all that often, but those can kind of act like a skin barrier. If That would be like a Vaseline, right? Exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah. Or QV ceramides sting free ointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, the, and those are all going to work in different ways. Is, is there anything that we should look for, like generally, that you're like, okay, that's kind of what I look for in a good moisturizer in terms of those ingredients? Uh, if your skin is oily, you want more humectants so, and less emollients because your skin's already kind of making that Mm. so usually you'll get like a gel texture yeah if your skin is more oily then it's still giving it the water it needs and it's not feeling heavy or contributing to the oil yeah and then if you're on the drier side you want potentially more of the oils still some of the delightful glycerin and hyaluronic acid but just replenishing more oils because your skin's not as amazing at making them yeah, so interesting. That's a great breakdown. It can, like even choosing moisturizer is so hard now because there's so many different ones. I'm like, damn, I have no idea. Yes, uh, there are a lot of good ones even at the pharmacy now. Yeah, so that's nice. There are a lot mm. of terrible ones everywhere as well. <laughs> uh, so there's a Dermavine one at Chemist Warehouse. Yeah, that's kind of a lightweight one that's perfect for an in between type of skin. Uh, CeraVe of course the the lotion and the cream from CeraVe those are for body but if your skin's on the normal to dry side you can use that on your face and it's great 
yeah. moisturize and it's really cost effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a great tip. I do that with um, La Roche-Posay there, Le Picard Balm. That's like oh, AP yeah, plus or something. Skin. Yeah, kind of dry, yeah. huh? Um, and I love that. And it's got heaps of glycerin in. And I recommended Sorry. it to a friend who was who's like doing Rakutane right now. I was like, this is going to sort you out. She was like, I love it. It's I find it to be really good. So yeah, 100%. That's good. I'm glad I'm on the right track. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to sunscreen, this seems to be mm. an area that has just exploded in the last few years now in australia we're quite lucky right in terms of the sunscreens that we get on the shelves but in other countries it's not the same is that right yes our regulations are a bit tighter so it has to for example if it's water resistant it has to maintain most of its spf for most of the allotted time that it says it's water resistant for if that makes sense yep Other countries are a bit more lax, so you could put water resistant and it's maybe half as effective. Wow. Things like that. Um, And here they won't let you label it over SPF 50 plus, even if it's SPF 100, because they don't want people thinking, oh, 100, okay, cool, I'll just party in the sun all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about behaviour as well as um, restrictions. And we tend to get new nice state-of-the-art sunscreens although there have been a couple of new developments in Europe that we haven't got yet because uh, our government likes lots of data and that is okay I'm a big nerd too <laughs> yeah amazing so when we're going out and looking for a sunscreen as I say there are so many available now what yeah. should we be looking for well again it's like something you feel comfortable using so if you have textural preferences definitely think about that Mm. these seem to be the number one complaints and if if you're not familiar with what i do which you're probably not listeners i try on a new sunscreen every week and i have done for the best part of four years so good so yeah it's you get to know what they feel like some of them are largely the same they're probably made in the same place with a different package on them yeah and some are really special so if your skin does tend to be dry you probably don't want one that's labeled like mattifying oil control Mm -hmm. uh you if your eyes get stingy yeah then look for one that says it's tested for sensitive eyes yeah that's important uh else do people complain about oh how it sits with makeup and Mm. if you have you know medium to dark skin you need it to not look white Mm -hmm. and a lot of the mineral ones will look terrible even sometimes on me I'm like the palest person (laughs) there's one in particular and I went to the dermatologist and she's like oh it doesn't look that bad and then she took it off um to see my skin and she was like oh no (laughs) you're a different Mm color much more red (laughs) yeah right um and there's a few like i've gone through a few and there's like as you say like a real range in terms of price Mm -hmm. does spending more when it comes to sunscreen always mean that you're going to get like a better feel and a better protection yes and no so newer UV filters, sunscreen ingredients, those can be more expensive per kilo, of course, than the older ones. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but you need less of them in a formula to get a higher SPF as right. well. So yes and no. I've seen affordable ones with newer great filters and I've seen pricier sunscreens with just like the bare minimum. And I mean, SPF 50 is SPF 50. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the older chemical ones tend to feel a little bit more moisturizing. Mm -hmm. So if you don't need or like that, then uh, you you might want a newer one. And so it's so personal when it comes to sunscreen and it so depends on our skin types. Are there ones that you recommend in particular depending on our skin types? Well, people with very sensitive skin or eyes tend to go for, there's this La Roche-Posay Ultra, it's called, so it's kind of a cream texture. Mm -hmm. And that one is tested for sensitive eyes. So... That, that's a great idea. My understanding is they put a technology in it to stop it from moving. Ah. So if you put it near eye, it's not going to travel in there, ideally. Yeah. Because <laughs> our eyelids are so oily. Yeah. Um, if you have more oily skin, a lot of people like the Cancer Council. It's called Face Day Wear Moisturizer. Mm. It's 50 plus. And it's in a white tube with a pink label. That one, um, yeah, it's meant to feel lightweight and it's also a face and body formula. So if you don't like the sensation of sunscreen on your body, that might be a nice one to opt for as well. Uh, for like men or people that don't like the feeling of sunscreen on their face, yeah. the La Roche-Posay Invisible one is really popular. I believe mm. that's Australia's number one uh, pharmacy sunscreen. Interesting. Well. Okay. So it seems to be the one that, that men love. So Yeah, which is <laughs> really glad. good to know because can I get my husband to wear sunscreen? No. And he has no like he's bald. I'm like, dude, come on, put some sunscreen on. And then he buys like the spray ones, and that's a whole other ball game, right? Because the spray ones, yes. like people put them on in the way that doesn't make them effective, right? Pretty much, you're meant to spray it into your hand and then apply it on your skin. Yeah. And when you're spraying, a lot ends up in the air, right? Mm. Not on your skin. So you need to use a lot more than you think. Yeah. But I understand why if you don't like the sensation, you want something that feels lighter. Yeah. So even if you do like two, three coats. Yeah. If you're going to use a spray, that's what I would like to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Use plenty of it. And so that's the other thing, isn't it? Because, um, you know, a lot of us will put the sunscreen on under our makeup in the morning um, and then we'll kind of go about our day. But do we need to be reapplying? Uh, if I were like working in the office, what I used to do was put it on in the morning. And then if I was going outside over lunch, I'd put a bit more on then mm -hmm. and then before I drove home I would put it on as well and I have I'm like at what point am I going to sound unhinged <laughs> I, this look, is a safe space dad, <laughs> we all care about our skin and my dad has had seven skin cancers oh wow so far it's uh, yeah a lot of people have these stories yeah right? yeah uh, so I have gloves that I leave on my driver's seat and I just put them on when I'm driving because um, 
some sun comes through the window and I don't like the feeling of it on my hands. Yeah, that's such a great call. And then in terms of how much we should be wearing, a lot of us aren't wearing enough. How much sunscreen should we actually be putting on every time we put it on? So it's... How do I explain this succinctly? So (laughs) when they test the sunscreens and rate them, Mm -hmm. like SPF 30, SPF 50, there's a specific density of how much they put on. And they just do it in a square on people's backs. Right. Right. But they have to do a certain amount and they like weigh it. So this means if you want to get the SPF 50 plus that your sunscreen says it is, you have to use kind of the same density. Yeah. So... For face, it's just under a gram, which works out a quarter teaspoon from the kitchen, like your little measuring spoons. That's 1.25 grams. So it's a little bit more than you need for just your face. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see you doing your ears, neck and chest, back of neck. Mm -hmm. So a half teaspoon and you might have a bit extra. More is more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's so if you just measure thing. it out one time, I hope so. Yeah. Um, if it's more than you think, yeah. but once you know, you know, some people do three finger lengths. Yeah. Depending on the texture of the sunscreen. Mm-hmm. I think about this a lot. I love it. <laughs> so do Empire. I though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so hard to figure out though, because then you see all these things, oh, you're not wearing enough sunscreen and that kind of thing. One of the other things I saw the other day is that we should be like, you should just be putting sunscreen on anyway, because as you kind of hinted at there, when you're driving or even when you're inside, you're still getting sun exposure. Is that right? Yeah. So windows block UVB, which is the burning one. Yeah. That doesn't go very far into your skin because it's such high energy though it will if it hits your dna it like warps it um it's real bad right (laughs) (laughs) i know once i heard that i was like oh oh i see so you can't there are there are things you can't unlearn and that's one of them so um the window will block that but there's also uva which penetrates into skin a bit further and that's where like your collagen and your elastin and your blood vessels are so it just kind of makes them angry and degrades them over time obviously your body has like repair mechanisms yeah to help but they do slow with age Mm -hmm. and with like you can only take so much so a dermatologist explained this to us this yeah. week is when your skin's burning, what's happening is it's noticed that a lot of the cells have been damaged with the warped DNA and it's like, no, I've got to get rid of those. And that's what the sunburn symptoms are. Your skin's like, no, nope, these have to go or else something nasty will happen. No so. way. Wow. So just put your sunscreen on in the morning. Like if you're going to leave the house or not, just put your sunscreen on, right? Yeah, because you might go hang out laundry or you might yeah. walk to the mailbox, little things. And if it's five minutes a day, then in a week, that's, what, 35 minutes sitting in sun? Yeah, it all adds up. Yeah. Oh, man, that, it scares the crap out of me. I hear a new fact about wearing sunscreen every week and I'm like, this is why I'm the person, because I go surfing a lot, but I'm like the person wearing the hat, something. like the the rash vest, like down to my, like I only have a tan on my hands. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm trying to get rid of that, but I just have a tan on my hands and I'm like, oh, obsessed with it. Especially I think like if you didn't grow up with here with the sun, because I grew up in the UK coming Mm. over, you're like, 
damn, this sun is strong. It does not mess about. It's not like you, I mean, I know you should be wearing sunscreen wherever you live, but it just, I get obsessed with it when I moved over here. I'm like, damn, this sun does not mess around. I'm glad. There have been some new guidelines about daily sunscreen use, though, as far as your skin tone goes, which mm. is nice that they've taken that into account finally. Finally, in yeah. Um, so if you have dark brown or black skin, mm. they say you only need to wear sunscreen for skin cancer prevention if you are going to be spending time in the sun. Right. So like a picnic or something because of the vitamin D. Yep, yep. However, um, if you get like redness, sensitivity, um, dark spots, you might want to put it on your face every day anyway because it will help with those skin concerns. Yeah. And then if you have – it's like Fitzpatrick types, so that's five and six, and then three and four is more medium and olive skin tones. Um, you should wear it if the UV is over three. So for most of Australia, that's every day. Yeah. Love this for us. <laughs> and then if you're one and two, so I'm a two, I'm very pale, um, my dad has red hair, my mum can tan, um, then you have to wear sunscreen all the time and like be really careful, do the hat and the seeking shade and the sunglasses and yeah, all of this. The works. Yeah, a hundred and yeah, absolutely. I am I'm probably right down the bottom of that scale too. So I am obsessed with it. And so these are the basic foundations of our skincare routine, but there's so many other products and ingredients on the market. Are there any that you would say, oh, yeah, they're, they're probably quite a good thing to include um, regardless? You know, there's like the, the niacinamides, there's retinol, vitamin C. You know, there's so many things that we see coming out now. Is there anything that you think, yeah, it probably is it pr quite a good idea to add to your routine? Uh, if you need it, yes. Vitamins are good. So retinol is vitamin A. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the best research ingredients for skin. It can be a bit challenging for skin in that it can create the redness. So mm. Roaccutane is a tablet that's high dose vitamin A. Yes. So it's kind of like ah, a chill okay. version of that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Interesting. It does make your skin very like smooth, right? Um, yeah. So if you're... I find, you know how some people complain about their pores and it's because they're like 21 and they've got oilier skin and yeah. some people complain about their pores because they're like maybe 40 and it's because the elasticity has changed and so they're sitting and looking a bit more open. Mm -hmm. It will help with both of those concerns as well as like fine lines and stuff because it normalizes your skin's oil production. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so great for breakouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it just... I, I like to describe it like limitless for skin in the, you know, it's just a pill that tells your skin to do everything it could be doing. Yeah, right. Okay, interesting. But obviously it's something that you can't use when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Uh, the New South Wales health guidelines are no prescription retinols and no hydroquinone, which is like a skin lightening ingredient. Yeah. And no minoxidil, which is like the Rogaine hair stuff. Yeah, right. So... I wouldn't put retinol all over my body if I were pregnant. Mm. Um, but it's really about your vitamin A levels. So definitely worth chatting to your doctor about. I've seen people use just an over-the-counter retinol mm -hmm. um, and some people won't touch it. So yeah. it's really up to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so the other one we see a lot about uh, now is niacinamide. Is that mm -hmm. something we should be adding to our routine or looking for products with niacinamide in? 
Yeah, it does so many things. So that one helps with brightening. So does retinol actually like helping with dark spots, evening out the skin tone. Niacinamide helps to strengthen the skin as well. So it means your skin's barrier is stronger. Mm -hmm. And those are the main things. It also helps with like fine lines, wrinkles and stuff. And niacinamide is a generally well-tolerated ingredient as well. So pretty much anyone can start using it like every second day at first, not twice a day, all day, every day. I would say that for anything. Yeah. And um, pretty much can't go wrong except there are some formulas now that are like 10%, 20%, and that's too much. Um, Ideally it's 2 to 5%. Interesting. Yeah, that's the best research concentration. And that's, yeah, it's vitamin B3. So, again, your body kind of knows what to do with it, uh, which we love to see. Yeah, fantastic. And then vitamin C, what about vitamin C? That one, vitamin C is quite acidic. It's ascorbic acid. So some more sensitive skins struggle with it or it can break you out because it's irritating. Yeah. So it's very hit-miss, that one. But if you can get it working, it has three benefits – so number one, it's a collagen precursor. So it helps your skin be more like plump. Yeah. Your skin needs it to make collagen. That's why sailors got scurvy because they didn't have enough vitamin C and scurvy is like no collagen. Um, and your gums start to go, right? So that, and then it helps as an antioxidant. So any like air pollution and stuff, it yeah. kind of reacts with it. So your skin doesn't have to. Right. And then the third thing is it's brightening, so it helps with dark spots. Yeah, fantastic. Some of the vitamin C, like I've tried to use vitamin C, and some of them just have very odd textures. Like you put Mm. them on and they feel kind of incredibly oily and then kind of warm when you put them on. Why is it that vitamin C can be such an odd sensation to put on? Uh, Because it's so great at reacting with things before your skin does. It's also great at reacting with things you try to put it with. Ah. So (laughs) it's just a tricky one to get to work in a product. So if it's oily, it might be that they've not put water in it because it would react with the water and they Mm. go brown over time. Yes. Um, If it feels hot, that's probably it's a bit acidic in your skin's um, noticing that sensation. And you get used to it. I think people make the mistake of trying to introduce that by using it every day again. And like, if you do every second day at first and ease in, but still, I feel like my skin has to be in a good place for me to tolerate some of them. Mm. It's very hit miss. Um, Skinceuticals are annoyingly very good, very expensive. Yeah, right. (laughs) But can't fault them. And then La Roche-Posay make a great one, but it's got a three month shelf life so you've got to use it that one's calming though and it's like a jelly moisturizing Ooh, texture okay Love i want her. to check that out yeah great tip and then mm. um is are there any other ingredients that we'll probably um see around that you think are probably worth adding to our uh, routine if you know if we want to get a bit more complicated uh i really like a, a calming ingredient yeah. so uh oat Green tea, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so you see oat in like those Aveeno um, eczema creams. Yes, or like Dermavine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if your skin has redness, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice in mind will help as well. Or if you can get both in the one. Yeah. Stunning. 
Uh, I have been seeing a lot of peptides coming through. Yeah. So peptides, I guess I would say they work like retinol, but they're not challenging for your skin to use. So Mm -hmm. they help to plump, they help with fine lines, but they don't create sensitivity. So if you're finding that challenging and you want something that's a little bit, for lack of a better term, anti-aging, then then peptides are a great option because they're little, um, I don't know how much time we have for an explanation. No, please. I love it. I try to describe it as your body has proteins in it and then peptides and then amino acids. So if you think of it like Lego, amino acids are like all different shapes of one Lego brick. So they come in different shapes or colors. A peptide is like a small structure. So maybe you made a frog out of a few different ones. And then a protein is much bigger. It has a lot more amino acids in it. So it's like a Disney castle, like a Lego Disney castle has got a lot going on. So your body will find a peptide and, well, this is one way they work. It finds a peptide and it's like, oh, this this um, frog is missing the rest of its Lego Disney castle. I'm going to build it. And so right. you can kind of trick it into making things that you want it to make. Yeah, Amazing. Really cool. That sounds great. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Totally makes sense. I love that. I'm really so- proud of that one. <laughs> I love that. I can tell, and you should be. It was brilliant. And so so peptides is definitely something that we should be adding. And what about a chemical exfoliant like the AHAs, BHAs, that kind of thing? Mm, I would – okay, so broadly speaking, BHAs are for more of an oily skin. These are all things that help speed up your skin's cell turnover and get rid of dead skin. Mm -hmm. So if you're using a scrub, Mm -hmm. try replacing it with these because they're a bit more precise. It um, creates a reaction in your skin that just gets rid of any skin cells that are ready to go and maybe a little bit stuck. Mm. So your BHA is for more breakout prone skin. If you get like blackheads or mild acne, perfect. Yep. Uh, AHA is more for, they say like sun damaged and textured skin. I personally don't touch it because my skin's a bit too sensitive. Yeah. But maybe if I have a party or something, I'll do it once in a blue moon and I get the smoothest like forehead, which is what you like. Yeah. And you can always avoid areas that don't agree with it as well. So I think knowing your skin is a really helpful thing to learn. Uh, and then we have PHAs as well, and those are polyhydroxy acids. They're just gentler. Mm. So if someone with rosacea, really sensitive skin, eczema maybe, is dying to exfoliate and you tell them no and they're like, no, no, I'm going to do it anyway, then yeah. I would say a PHA because those can actually be moisturizing and rebuilding to your skin. Wow, okay. So um, Neostrata, make a couple, or even that little glow recipe um, watermelon toner. Oh, yeah. That one's really cute. It's almost – it feels moisturizing. It doesn't feel like it's challenging for your skin at all. It's not spicy. There are so many ingredients out there that we absolutely um, – you know, can use and do a lot for our skin. But there are there any that are just a waste of time that you say, you know what, just don't even bother with that or don't even bother with that kind of thing? I think if you're already using, for example, your retinol, 
you don't necessarily also need to use your AHA, BHA, yeah. BHA because mm-hmm. that helps with cell turnover as well. Yeah. Uh, you don't need like all these masks and things. There yeah. are like two masks that I would bother with. Yeah. Uh, but I do love a sheet mask just for like putting the plumpness back in my skin if it's quite dry. Totally. Ah, scrubs. We hate those. Unless you have like a very rough and thick skin mm. that's not sensitive. But yeah. it might be sensitive and it's just not telling you in a way that you're picking up on. Yeah, right. Okay, perfect. And so do we need to be careful around the combinations of active ingredients that we're using? You know, there's so many serums out there and you want to put them all on your skin, but do we need to like kind of be very conscious of the way we're putting them on our skin and with what? Uh, there's one blanket rule. So think about if the product is giving back to your skin or taking from it. Yeah. So if it feels a little bit spicy and you can't use it every day, that is firmly in the taking from it category. Yeah. And if it feels amazing and it just makes your skin feel plump and doesn't irritate it or it's even soothing, that's a giving back type of product. So just don't combine the taking away ones because you're going to end up in a world of pain. Yeah, yeah. Really good advice. Literally pain. None of us want that. None of us want that. Um, And so are there any other absolute no-nos when it comes to skincare, whether that's like application or what we're using or the way we're using it? Um, Apart from like the sun baking and going too hard on your skin, uh, I don't love it when people use like harsh prescription um, retinol without like proper doctor supervision but I'm not their doctor like that's between them and their doctor yeah but just be wary Um, yeah and look if you're if you have a skin condition eczema acne uh, rosacea and you're struggling to manage it on your own it's okay to go to the doctor if you don't like what your GP says it's okay to ask for a dermatologist referral Mm. because people spend more money trying things than they would have spent just going to a dermatologist. I know it's a big outlay and certainly when I was a teenager it would have been a hard sell to my parents. Mm. But the amount of time and money and just like pain and mental anguish that you go through 100%. it's worth it to just just talk to the doctor. Yeah, absolutely. And I can absolutely attest that for my experience too like going to the doctor and and again, it's not cheap getting a dermatologist referral. Um, but there is so many things that you can do and for so long, you know, especially um for women we think, "Oh, it's not that bad." I'll just get on with it. You know, I feel like it's getting better. And then we get trapped in that cycle when actually you can go to the docs and get some, get something that genuinely really helps. So, and, and you don't really, uh, kind of recognize just how damaging to your self-esteem it can be. You know, if you are struggling with a skin condition that you're super self-conscious of, it can be really hard definitely like the quality of life and a good dermatologist and I hope every dermatologist and GP really will assess how it's impacting your quality of life as Mm. well because it yeah it makes people not want to leave the house um I went to a conference in Singapore it was like the dermatology conference so I got to know that it was really cool world congress of dermatology and there was a lot of discussion on you know 
eczema, for example, and how it impacts the patient's quality of life because that yep. can be really painful if totally. it's not treated. And if you're doing just the same things every day that are the right things, then it's so easily managed mm. for most people. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I get horrendous eczema on my hands and it really mm. affects me because, uh, you know, like when your hands are cracked and dry, like you can't cook, you can't wash up, you can't clean your bathroom. Like it's really um, can be a right pain in the bum. And I went to the docs and she was she had also been to a big skincare conference and she just she was like, this is what you need to do. Here's the order in which to use them. And so good. And now I just revert back to that whenever I have a flare up. So if you're suffering with it, definitely go and get some help. You won't regret it. It's It can be really life-changing. Hannah, thank mm-hmm. you so much for chatting to me. I really appreciate it. It's been such a joy. Thank you for having me. Happy to talk skincare anytime. I love it. I have learned so much and I definitely feel like I'm going to absolutely nail my skincare routine in 2024. And it can be so confusing. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. Mm. Such a joy to chat. I've absolutely loved it. Hannah English is a pharmaceutical scientist and the author of Your Best Skin, The Science of Skincare. She shares heaps of helpful, helpful things on Instagram. So I'm going to link to her in the show notes. You should definitely go and check that out and um, follow her and if you want to learn more about your skin and the kind of the science behind it you should definitely check out the book too because it's very interesting and it helps you figure out the things that you should be using and why rather than my current approach which is just throwing things on and hoping they'll work it kind of gives you a roadmap to figure out and it's going to save you so much money rather than just going into the chemist and thinking hmm maybe that might work like you can actually figure it out so definitely check out the book too which i'll link to the show notes I'm Ed Stott and I sincerely hope that's helpful.